Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Winter meltdown. How is everybody? That was, um, that was pretty lame. Woo, winter meltdown, 10.05 p.m. I want to go to bed, right? Anybody, anybody tired? Anybody tired? Listen, y'all better wake up. You better, you better wake up. Hey, um, how many of you are here for the very first time? Can we give it up for all of our first time people here? Listen, it is, it is an honor to be with you, and I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say I've lived in Maryland my entire life, and this is my first time ever stepping foot on River, at, at River Valley Ranch. This is my first time ever, so give it up for me. Come on. Hey, I'm, I'm so honored to be here, so thank you to River Valley Ranch to, to have me here, and Shiloh for being awesome. Props to Shiloh. Okay, now you're going to be quiet. You're loud the entire time, and now you decide to leave me hanging. Hey, um, before, before I dive in, um, youth, youth leaders, volunteers, youth pastors, wave at me for a second. Wave at me for a second. You, you are my people. I, I'm a youth pastor at, at Freedom Church in, in uh, Bel Air, and uh, I, you students need to understand something. You would not be here today if it wasn't for the leaders that are surrounding you. You have no idea. You have no idea the sacrifice that is made to see you worship Jesus. You have no idea the prayers that are prayed for you. You have no idea the investment that is made. So listen, right now, can you honor your leaders right now? Could give it up for them. Come on. They sacrificed their weekend to be with you. Some of them left their families to be with you. That's incredible. So leaders, I honor you. Hey, I want to introduce you real quick to my family. Rachel, Olivia, and Brady are in the back. Wave. Brady, wave. Okay. Um, my son, Brady, is, is five. He's awesome. My daughter, Olivia. Has anybody ever seen the, um, the Sour Patch Kids commercial? The, the one where the Sour Patch like, kid like, does something really mean and then really something sweet like the next day. Like, that's my daughter. Like, she will punch you in the throat and then give you the biggest hug afterwards. So if you're near her, uh, treat her like um, a stray dog. Like, oh, look, it's a dog. And, but you don't want to touch it. You just want to like, reach your hand out and let her sniff you first. Don't, actually, don't do that. That's, that's pretty weird. Don't let her sniff your fingers, actually. I regret saying that. Um, but you'll probably hear her at, at some point um, this weekend. Typically, when, when we get into situations like this, we come to retreats, we come to awesome experiences, especially if you've been here for a while, you've been coming, you, you've done this. There, there's a routine that can set in. There, there's, there's this mindset of, I've been there, I've done that, I know what's coming, I've, I've seen it, I know, I know the place. I, can I just tell you something? And I say this often back at home. When you get into the presence of Jesus, there is nothing routine about it. Transformation is possible whenever you enter into the presence of God. So here is my prayer. My prayer for you this weekend is that you hear nothing from me but everything from God. That everything that is around you, you you open yourself up to, to allow God to not just change your heart, but transform your heart. 
right? I, I believe that this weekend can be unlike any weekend you've ever experienced. I believe this weekend can set you off on a trajectory that can completely alter and change the destination of your life. But it's up to you. You get to decide on where you go. You get to decide on what God does in and through. It's, it's, it's all in the openness. So here's what I'm doing. I want to pray right now that we can just put a posture on our heart that says, God, speak to me, use me, shape me, make me shut up, whatever you need to do to get my attention. Can we pray together? Come on, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you are, what you've already done in the few hours that we've been here. But God, more, more importantly, God, we are expectant and we anticipate all it is that you have for us this weekend. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. The theme for this weekend, as you've heard, is beauty from ashes. Beauty from ashes. And, uh, and we, we get this theme out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and a release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair." They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Beauty from ashes. My wife and I just uh, celebrated, or not just celebrated, we will be celebrating in July nine years of marriage. Nine years, I know I don't look old enough. I know I was just sitting in, in those chairs just a few years ago. No, I'm, I'm 30 and I feel old. Um, Nine years. A lot of your leaders, you, you might be married a lot longer than I have, and you might be saying, oh, you're just a wee little lad. You know, just wait. Just wait for year 15, then see how bad it gets. I'm just kidding. It gets, it, it's good. In order to make it, though, nine years, um, my wife and I, we both have to put some work in, right? We, we both have to put some effort in. I, I can't ignore her for three weeks and expect us to have a healthy marriage, Maybe for some of you, you're dating, right? And, and you, you know that you, you've got to put some work in. You've got to put some effort into it. You've, you've got to work. In order to have a great relationship with someone, you, you really need to put some effort in, right? You need to reach out. You need to have that constant communication. You need to know, really know the person that you're in a relationship with. We just had Valentine's Day, if you're part of a, a youth ministry, you may have just done a dating series at your youth group, right? So I'm sure you're, you're all done talking about relationships, right? But my wife, my wife, uh, she was my first ever girlfriend. Y'all, I'm batting one for one in my relationships. That, that is called perfection, if you didn't know what that means, right? I'm not sure if you could clap because that probably just speaks to me. Like I, I just probably couldn't get a girlfriend all through high schools, but she just said yes, so it's, it's good. It's all good. <laughs> but I, she was my first ever girlfriend, but I had, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, no one ever taught me, hey, this is how you date a girl. It's just like, hey, here you go. 
here's a heart, do something with it, right? I'm like, oh God, like what am, what am I supposed to do with this? Like I had no idea what I was doing. Like I have to pay for dinner? Are you kidding me? Like I know she makes money too. Like what do you do? I have to drive. She has a license, right? Like why do I share my feelings? Are you kidding me? Right? Like why would I ever want to do that? But I really liked her. She was very attractive, and I did not want to mess it up at all. But before I actually asked her out, we, we talked on the phone before we went to bed. Like, this was before social media, I know, back before, you know, things happened and, you know, the internet and all that crazy stuff. Like, we had AIM back in the day, AOL Instant Message. The fact that only two people are clapping lets me know that none of you got to experience the greatest decade known to man, which is the 90s. So, anyway... But we would talk on the phone before bed for like two to three hours, and I tried hard to pay attention to the things that she liked, right? She loves chocolate, like every girl. She loves musicals. She loves the TV show Friends. Like, I just tried, I tried to just learn all these things, and I worked hard because I really liked her. I really wanted to get to know her, so we got married, and then I thought, man, my work is finally completed. Like, I've done all that I needed to do. I liked it. I put a ring on it, right? It, it, was, it was good. Some of you will get that later. Little did I know everything up to that point. That was just the easy part. But now, now, now like the hard part actually is happening. The, the relationship that we have, it's not at its peak. Like we, we haven't made it, right? We're, we're still growing. But if, if I didn't work hard, I would only know of her and not really know her. What I'm about to share with you is foundational in your relationship with God. Nothing else this weekend will matter. Nothing else this weekend will matter unless you understand this truth. In order for your relationship with God to grow, we need to step back and really get to know who he is. Some of you, you've grown up in church. I, I have never known what it means to be an unbeliever. My entire life was in church. I, I don't know what it means to, to, not, to not be a believer. Some of you, you've been so ingrained that maybe you've lost sight of who God really is. We need to stop and understand with our limited understanding how big God really is. How many of you have ever prayed before? You've said a prayer I would expect every hand to be up. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? But we've all prayed before, right? But I'm not talking about sitting at the dinner table saying rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, right? Or, or my, my daughter's favorite, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, thank you, God, for feeding me, amen. No. Get to know her. I'm telling you, you will run. I'm, tell I'm kidding. She's actually pretty cool sometimes, maybe like once a day. My wife is going to, like, kill me after tonight because she's like, you're so mean. Speak the truth. 
How many have ever prayed because you just felt like you were required to? Like you felt like in order to check the Christian box, I have to say a prayer, right? Like, like maybe you're in a small group at, at, at church, right, or, or at your school, and you're singled out, and you're asked to pray, and you're like, OMG, I don't even know how to pray. What is going to happen? What are they going to think of me? And so you decide to, to sound like an old school preacher, and you start quoting like the King James Version. You're like, um... Heavenly Father, uh, we thank Thee, Lord, for Thy day Thou hast given us. Um, is anybody okay? That might that might be a little extreme, but I've been there a lot. Like I, I've I've been in times where, listen, can I be real with you? I think I pride myself on being real, maybe too real. There are sometimes I don't want to pray. Anybody with me? There's just sometimes I just don't feel like it. Like I, it's no knock to God. Like I love you. You're all good, but. I'm, my flesh just doesn't want to get there, and I'm sure you've been there too. I would pray these simple prayers just so I can mentally say, all right, I did what I had to do. I, I, I checked the box. You know, I'd pray prayers like, dear God, let me have a good day today. Dear God, let me pass this test. God, thanks for everything, right? We've all prayed prayers like that, but here's what I've come to realize. I feel like Christians tend to downgrade God. We, we try to fit him into our schedule. We try to give him just a few seconds of our day. And even in that time, we're not really focused on him. But what if I told you, to, and, and I'm going to be bold enough to say, stop praying. Now, before you throw stuff at me and security rushes me out of this room, let me just explain. What if I told you to stop with your routine of prayer Stop, stop with your, your flippant, downgraded prayer, your, your check the box, I'm a Christian, I have, to, I have to pray because I'm a Christian. Stop those prayers, but instead, just be quiet in the presence of God. Do we really know who we're praying to? Do we really understand who God is? Do we really understand the weight and the magnitude of the presence of God? Now, I can't really imagine this, but if I were God and the only prayer that you were to pray to me was, please let me have a good day, I would be like, that's it. That's all you want. You want a good day from the creator of the world. Like, that, that is seriously all you want. Like, you only want to pass that math test. You only want to get a C. You only want to, are you, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know what I can give you? Listen, sometimes we just need to stop and, and think about who God is. We need to know who God is before our relationship with him can grow stronger. Is anybody tracking with me today? Okay, three people. Awesome. I was at work a while back, and I was, um, I worked for the Army. Uh, I'm not a, a full-time youth pastor. I work for the Army, and I was uh, being extremely productive at work looking at YouTube, and um, I came across this video, and this, com this video completely shifted my perspective of God. The music is, is cheesy, so forgive me, but, but check, check this out.
Can you imagine what, what, that, what that really means, right? Earth is this, this small planet, this, this micro planet compared to this entire galaxy. There's over 100 billion galaxies. But can I tell you something? God created that. The God that we pray to, the God that we give a quick breath to, to say, God, give me a good day. God, please help me pass this test. We, we, we pray to this God who created the vastness of the universe. Let, let that sink in for a second. We, sometimes we feel like the, the weight of the problems that we have are so big. And listen, they, they might be big in your season. I understand that. But when you compare our life to to the magnitude of God, the God that we're trying to fit into our super busy life. It's insane. Instead of rushing into prayer, what if we just stopped and we think about how big and how great God really is? Listen, you can, you can walk out these doors right now and just look up and listen, and you can get a small glimpse of the greatness of God. You can look all around creation and be wowed by God's creation. Did you know a caterpillar? We have a picture on the screen, a caterpillar. 228 separate and distinct muscles in its head. A caterpillar. 228 distinct muscles in its head. Did you know that an average elm tree has approximately 6 million leaves on it? 6 million. The one who created that is the one who created us and the one that we talk to. But we never think of him that way. We rarely think of his greatness. So the question that I want to pose to you is who is God to you? Who is God to you? A lot of people have a different view on who God is, but here's the thing. We don't get to decide who God is. It is our job to try to find out who he is. We don't get to decide. Let me, let me share with you who God is. God is holy. He is set apart from everything else. God is eternal. Our, our sense of time does not exist with God. God always was. There was never a time before God. God is eternal, right? God is all-knowing. God knows your thoughts before you ever think it. He knows you better than you know you. God is fair and just. God hates sin, but God gives grace. God is all-powerful. God created everything for him. Everything he created has purpose. God is sovereign. God is in control. The next time that we just rush into prayer, I encourage you to stop and think of the qualities of, of who he is, and maybe that will change the way that you pray. When you truly understand the greatness of God, when you truly understand the sovereignty of God, I'm telling you, your worship will change. I've been there. High school, I went through a phase where I just didn't want to worship. So I just sat with my, my arms folded while the music played. When you truly understand 
who God is, what God has done in you and for you. I'm telling you, you cannot help but lift your hands in a praise and worship that says, God, I am not worthy, but I give you praise. When you understand who God is, there is no way that you can have a prayer that's just a a flippant, God, help me have a good day prayer. When you truly understand the weight of Jesus, you understand who you're talking to, and you understand that you, you need to fall face down in his presence. God, we honor who you are. But when you think on your life, does your life, though, just seem so small compared to his greatness. Your life can sometimes, my life can seem so meaningless when I think about the the greatness of God. Check out Psalm 8, 3, and 4. Out of the Living Bible Translation, it says this, When I look up into the night skies and see the work of your fingers, the moon and stars you have made, I cannot understand how you can bother with mere puny man to pay any attention to him. When I see your creation, when I see your beauty, when I see everything you are and everything you've made, how is it possible that you can even think of someone so small like me? If God is so big and so powerful, why would he care so deeply for us? Why would he love us so much that he would send his son to die a death that we deserve so that we could spend eternal life with him? It's a crazy thought. I like to think of life kind of like a movie, right? Oftentimes we think that we play the major role in the movie of our life, right? But when thinking about how big God is, we need to stop thinking that we're the main role and start thinking of ourselves as the extra. The extra will barely get two seconds on the screen if they're lucky. Check out what James 4.14 says. How Do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's it's here a little while, and then it's gone. What this verse is saying is that life is short, and we need to start living on purpose for his purpose. We need to make this short life on this earth intentional. We need to, to use our time on this earth to make Jesus Known. We need to live every second of our very short life being fully committed to Jesus. And I want to ask you, who is the main character of your life right now? Who is the one that's holding the pen, writing your story? Dylan, you can come back and help me out. Who, who is the one that is leading your life? There was a teenage girl named Brooke Bronkowski, and she was 14 years old, and and she was a lover of Jesus. Freshman in high school, loved Jesus. In middle school, she had started a Bible study at her school. She was reaching so many people. She saved her money from babysitting so she could buy Bibles to give all of her friends. And at age 12, Brooke wrote the following essay. She says this, I'll live my life to the fullest. I'll be happy. I'll brighten up. I will be more joyful than I have ever been. I will be kind to others. I will loosen up. I I will tell others about Christ. 
I will go on adventures and change the world. I will be bold and not change who I really am. I will have no troubles, but instead help others with their troubles. You see, I'll be the one of those people who live to be history makers at a young age. Oh, I have moments, good and bad, but I will wipe away the bad and only remember the good. In fact, that's all I remember, just good moments, nothing in between, just living my life to the fullest. I'll be one of those people who will go somewhere with a mission, an awesome plan, a world-changing plan, and nothing will hold me back. I'll set an example for others. I will pray for direction. She continues, I have my life before me. I will give others the joy I have, and God will give me more joy. I will do everything God tells me to do. I will follow the footsteps of God. I will do my best. Brooke Bronkowski, 12 years old, wrote that essay about her life. During her freshman year of high school, Brooke was driving to the movies when the driver of the car she was in lost control and hit a tree, and Brooke was instantly killed. Her funeral was packed. Hundreds of students, friends, and family gathered. The speaker got up and told stories about Brooke, but also gave an invitation to receive Jesus. And about 200 students came forward to receive Christ at her funeral. And each one of those people received a Bible and those Bibles were Bibles that Brooke had saved her money for and had purchased. Are you making the most out of your life right now? I'm not asking you to start saving your money to, to, to buy Bibles. I'm not asking you to do that. But are you fully committing every aspect of your life to him? Are you understanding who God really is and what he can do through you? When you offer up yourself to God and say, God, here I am. Use me. You will see that God's got a design for you that he only meant for you. And you will truly understand that this big God has some big plans for you. We all need to get over ourselves and give God space to be God. And we need to understand that if you give God control, if you let him do what he wants to do in your life, if you give him control, if you release the pen, if you say, God, would you take over, you too could make an impact like Brooke did. Listen, this, this, this weekend isn't just to get you to have an emotional moment or just a powerful weekend that's just meant to stay here. These moments are created to get you to experience more of God not just for now, but for your entire life. God wants to give you as much of himself now as you can possibly handle. So I wonder right now if we could all 
bow our heads, close our eyes. And as we pray, I wonder if you just stop and think about the greatness of the one that you're praying to. Throughout this weekend, we're going to talk about who God is. He's a comforter. He's a, he's a chief negotiator. He is almighty. And in this moment, he wants to meet with you. So God, in this moment, we give you our life. We give you our thoughts. We give you our attention. We give you the space to do what only you can do. We are open, we are ready, and we invite you in to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever ask or think. God, would you forgive us for trying to fit you in a box, trying to fit you into our schedule. God, would you be everything that we seek? Would you be everything that we turn to? Will you be the one that we go to? God, would you wrap us? We pause and we give you glory because you're God and you are the only one that deserves our praise. God, we love you. We honor you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, Winter Meltdown, give God some praise. Come on, give him some praise. Give him a hand clap. God, we love you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.